Welcome in to Navigating Change with Shane and Mike across from me, Shane Bishop. My name is Mike Wooten. We're grateful that you're joining us for the show today. On this episode, we're going to talk about what is trending with churches right now in the country. And of course, like I said, we have Shane Bishop here. Shane, we just came off a holiday weekend. What did you do over the weekend? Went to the lake, spent some time with friends and, and with family. Uh, did a little bit of boating, did a little uh, swimming. Yeah. Are you driving the boat? I don't drive the boat. Okay. I am in charge of music. So oh. I, I choose all of the music uh-huh. that is played during all of our outdoor Can you give activity. us a sampling of that playlist? I think we're pretty close to 70s rock and 90s rock. Oh. I really like a lot of 90s rock, yeah. Mike, yeah. which is kind of weird, right? But I like 70s and I like 90s. Do yeah. not like the 80s. Do not like the yeah. 2000s. 80s, uh, that was a different type of rock, right? So what, we got groups like Poison and... Uh, yeah, see, I'm just not, I'm not a, I, I just don't like that genre, genre of yeah. music. Love the, the 70s. Uh-huh. Not, not as crazy about the 60s. Okay. So I'm kind of 70s, 90s kind of guy. Yeah, I also think I saw a video of you on social media. That yes. was uh, around that you did a, a backflip. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Every year I do a backflip off a pontoon boat. Yeah. Uh, and as I get older, it becomes a bigger and bigger <laughs> deal, right? Because when you're 30, lots of people can do a backflip yeah. off a pontoon boat. I'm 60 this year, yeah. so fewer yeah. people. I think it's amazing because you don't just like fall backwards. Some people may think a six-year-old guy, they're doing a backflip. No, this isn't like the Nesty plunge, man. This is a full you, rotation oh, backflip. It. It's pretty impressive, really. So Yeah, well, I'm an, I'm an impressive guy, Mike. Well, there's a moment. That's yeah, I mean, that moment. Yeah, <laughs> that there, there's a second yeah. there. I feel like I had it yeah. going. But yes, I do that annually, usually on Labor Day weekend. And just to kind of prove to myself I can still do it, and uh-huh. I, I kind of put the ball on the tee, let people take a swing at it, kind of enjoy it. Well, over the weekend, it was my daughter's birthday and my birthday, two days apart. Nice. So what I found out years ago that for the rest of my life, it will always be about my daughter's birthday. Yeah, your birthday's gone. gone. You're like a guy that's got a birthday on December 25th. Nothing good's coming for you. No, You're not no, even going to get no. very many extra I'm gifts. I'm not the big name. No. You know? No. Uh, so uh, over the years, I've had, for my birthday cake, I have to share it with my daughter, so I've had a unit corn cake i've had some other cake uh it was a bunch of female like action figures Mm -hmm. on it and then also a paw patrol cake this year though shane where do we go my own birthday cake you got your own cake i got my own cake if you get to choose your cake for your birthday your treat what you want what are we getting we're getting an ice cream cake and not one of those ice cream cakes shane that are like a quarter ice cream and the rest is actual Mm -hmm. cake no, no, no. We need a complete ice right, cream cake. Be. Even the little bit of whipped cream that goes on those ice cream cakes, right. I don't need that. I just need more ice cream there on yeah. the border. So originally, Valerie's going to pick up a Dunkin' Donuts. Good thing they're not sponsoring us, Shane, because they did not do a very good job. Valerie goes to pick up my cake Sunday morning. Okay. Dunkin' Donuts is closed for maintenance. Oh, boy. So, you know, I'm a... And I'm a man that it doesn't really matter if I have my nice birthday cake or not, but I guarantee there is a lot of angry mothers in the area if they were going to pick up their sons or daughters you know their little kids a birthday cake yeah so we go back yesterday you couldn't even go inside so valerie's going in today so we ended up with a dq cake uh cookie dough i was very pleased there's nothing wrong with a dairy queen ice cream cake i mean it's 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 iconic now my favorite i like the ones that kind of have some vanilla 
Ice cream mainly mm-hmm. with a little bit of fudge running oh, yes. through it with a little crumbly. You know what I'm talking that's about? That's what was crumblies? in this one. Yeah, oh! yeah, it's fudge and crumbly yeah, together. Right. It really feels like basically they pour out a blizzard, not a well blended blizzard, but no. a blizzard right there into cake form. Oh, it's so fantastic. I'm, like happy. I'm so not I, crazy about the icing. I could do without yeah. the icing. And I'm, I'm, we are on the same page. And there wasn't a lot, but I don't need it. I don't need it either, man. But an ice cream cake for me personally, yes. Mike. That would be it. I yeah. mean, that is my favorite for a birthday, yeah. for that kind of thing. So we're kind of like exactical twins on cakes yeah. for birthdays. Now I need to work on doing a backflip. Well, yeah, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> well, Shane, uh, uh, we're going to get into this talking about how kind of churches, what's trending with them in the country, de- really more into how churches are doing right now. I know you recently read a report uh, about that. I know you are very much uh, uh, connected well with other churches around the country. So I think it would be just great if you could start to share with, you know, what is the church climate right now? How are churches going? Well, what I try to do, Mike, is uh, I, I try to combine two things. I want statistical research. So that's where I really like guys like Tom Rayner and, uh, and Tony Morgan, Unstuck Group, and those kind of things. Because they really offer you stuff based on on hard data. The other thing I like to do is is I, I just like to see what's happening anecdotally. So I know dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of pastors all over the country. So I love to touch base with them. And then what I kind of do is compare the the reports and the research with what is happening in individual churches just mm-hmm. to see does do these things jive. And one of the things that I'm really convinced of is post pandemic, everything has changed. Everything has changed. And I love Tony Morgan because he does a quarterly report. And I think a year yearly report right now, it's already moldy <laughs> before yeah. they even put it on your plate. But a quarterly report, I think, is about right. So we can see what is happening. Let's just say compared to the same three quarters of last year. We can see what's happening, what's changing in the church. I think those things are important. So, Shane, as you view this, and I know you monitor this, uh, this isn't just one time. You're constantly monitoring. This has been a part of what you've done as a church leader for for some time now. So you're saying things are moving so quickly that a yearly report's just not going to do it. These quarterly reports, you feel, are more helpful. I do. I do. I, I think the playing surface is just constantly morphing. I think you could argue in some ways that, you know, from the time I got into ministry, let's say uh, mid-1980s, until, you know, maybe 2010. I I don't know the playing surface changed all that much. It it just felt pretty constant uh, that what what worked then seemed to work now, all of those kind of Mm -hmm. things. But I really think after 2016, with the... uh, the political divides in the country with the kind of the social upheaval that the country has endured with the disintegration or or even implosion of the American mainline church. I I think there's just a lot of factors that were already brewing. And then you throw a pandemic on top of it. I think as we've come out of this pandemic, we're just in a different world right now. So Shane, let's start up. What are you seeing about trends and attendance in churches across the country? Live attendance appears to me to be up. And I'm getting numbers ranging from uh, 20 to 30 to maybe even 35 percent 
across the country based on live attendance over the same period last year. What's really fascinating to me there is most churches have been open way over a year. So I think the assumption a lot of us would make is when churches open, you know, within six months, everybody's going to come back, has come back. That does not appear to be what's happening. People are still slowly trickling back into church since the pandemic. So what we're having right now is live attendance is growing. Yeah, live attendance growing across the country. What about church online? What are you seeing with that? Church online is declining at almost the same rate that live church is growing. So let's just say uh, at your church, live worship is up 25%. Mm -hmm. There's a strong chance that your online ministries are down about that same amount. Sure. Uh, and so I think there were just, coming out of the pandemic, I think there were just a certain amount of people who kind of pajama churched. Sure. You know, they lived close enough to go to right. church, just preferred not to. Yeah. And now they're, they're starting to come back. And Shane, especially earlier in this whole pandemic, people just did not even want to take a risk of getting sick, right? Yeah. <laughs> because people then were, by their local health departments, were told they couldn't leave. Then they had to report it to their job. The job couldn't come in. Uh, they couldn't go into their job because maybe they had COVID. Uh, I think people started playing it safe and doing this pajama church uh, uh, back then. And maybe that's part of what's changed now. Well, I, I think what really strikes me about the pandemic uh, Two, two things. Number one is, is how, how much instruction we were all given based on pretty incomplete and, and ever-changing data. Yeah. You know, they told us how to live our lives based on things that either didn't hold very well mm -hmm. or eventually didn't end up being true at all. Sure. So you talk about that playing surface. <laughs> but I do think what happened is they kept a lot of people controlled by fear. And then once you turn off the fear button, it's not like people aren't still fearful. It lingers. Mm -hmm. Once you get afraid of something, somebody says, well, you don't have to be afraid anymore. Well, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You still have fear in your heart. So mm -hmm. I, th I think a lot of people, particularly the more you stayed in, yeah. the more you paid attention to what they were telling you what to do, uh, the more you watch the news. Yeah. I think a lot of people were just isolated in fear. And right. then when they say, okay, it's okay to go out now, they, they weren't it's, okay to go out at it's all. It's like one of those invisible electric fence, fences for dogs, right? Right. Do you, get a, you get the collar around them, they go to that fence, zap, zap. Well, if you turn those fences off, those dogs are going to be scared to death to go across right. that line That's because they were metaphor. zapped so many Absolutely. times before. And uh, I think people are just realizing that uh, – to your point that it's okay to go to church. It's okay to be in gatherings. It just yeah. took a lot, of, especially with church, it seems like it took people a while. Well, it really did. And, and you think about, you know, is it more dangerous to go to church than it's ever been? It's always been dangerous to go to church. There's always been a risk. <laughs> yes. You know, I, I drive 30 minutes into church yeah. every Sunday. Do you realize that I am passed by dozens and dozens of cars coming directly at me at somewhere between 55 and 90 miles per hour. Most of those people are texting. Uh, <laughs> few of them are vaping. You, you've got to figure a partial amount of them think it's still last night. And so you got people coming right at you. There, there's always been a risk. Uh, in flu season, there's always been a risk. There's always a risk to being around people. There's always a risk to traveling. 
what is an acceptable risk? That's what we all have to figure out. But when you've been frozen for, let's say, a year in fear, mm -hmm. and that fear is reinforced in the news cycle every single day, I just think it takes a while to thaw. I'm glad we have. All right, so let's move now. We got attendance. You say growing in person is what you're observing. Online's going down slightly. What about small groups? What's your sense of small groups right now in churches around the country? Off a little bit. And that's that's fascinating to me because you would think if attendance is up, small groups would be up. But we're kind of finding small groups are just off a little bit. What seems to be here playing, now this is really anecdotal, but uh, well-organized big things seem to be going really well. Mm -hmm. The small groups that kind of met organically, they seem to be drying up or non-existent right now. So that seems to be what is happening. Yeah, so we're just not quite sure what's going on with no, small groups right now. Uh, you know, I think you were really a part of, uh, there was a boom in small groups like 15 years ago, right? There was. Shane, like people love to meet. It was these... everything. That was the new thing, right? Right. Yeah. And I yeah. remember when I first heard about it, it was cell groups. I know, mm -hmm. I think, uh, anyway, yeah, cell groups, small groups, connect groups. And it seemed to be this, just this really big thing. And for whatever reason, uh, it's just not trending like it used to, except for these, uh, larger groups. Like we've done something called, uh, the chosen series here at our church, where, uh, it seems to bring in a lot of people, but for the most part, uh, they're just not the same. We've also been here kind of targeting, uh, niche groups a little bit, uh, yeah. anxiety groups and things like that. And there's some traction there, um, but not in the way that these groups used to go. Yeah. The online platforms, the read the Bible through, those yeah, things huge. seem to be going really, yes. really well, you know? And those trended well during the pandemic. They're still trending well. Yeah. Uh, those things seem to be going well. And what I call the mug and jug groups mm -hmm. look like they're going well. And, and my hypothesis, and I'm, I may be wrong, I'm wrong all the time. But my hypothesis is that before the pandemic, people were looking for more organic things. So they wanted just a group of people to do life with. They didn't necessarily need an expert on anything. They were just sort of pure going through life, peer looking at the Bible. But I think when you when you really get off kilter and, and something really throws you off like a pandemic, I think people are looking for a little bit more excellence than just the person that happens to be sitting next mm -hmm. to them has. I think you're looking for professionals to, to guide and to do all those things. So maybe two, three, four years ago, you're going to do a study of John. Uh, you know, you get you find a book and we just all kind of can talk. I think now people are leaning more into, hmm. we would like somebody who's kind of trained okay. to help us do a study on John. If it's an anxiety group, maybe you just got a bunch of anxious people together yeah. uh, five years ago. And right now they're saying, eh, we, we might like a, an expert dealing with anxiety to lead us. I think that's interesting because really, I even think of some of our kind of boomer millennial talks before the expertise idea wasn't big a couple of years ago. Yeah. You know, just kind of to your point, you just find out who's got something that kind of connects with you and you listen to them. But it sounds like one of your hypotheses here is that actually the the desire for expertise is actually going up, particularly in the small group model. Well, I think when you um, when your slats have sort of been kicked out from under you. Uh, <laughs> now you have parents who, you know, let's take, take during the pandemic. First of all, kids didn't really go to school in any kind of huge way for a period of time. And parents didn't really go to work in, in any kind of huge way for a period of time. Well, now 
kids have been back at school. Well, now you look across the country, the big corporations, they're wanting people back in the yes, office they now. Are. They're wanting people back. And what workers are finding is they don't have the leverage they did two years ago. The workers are not determining the conditions of employment. Right. Uh, it seems like the employers are serving again, yeah. uh, not receiving the serve. And so you look at that. I think there's a lot of discontinuity, a lot of personal preferences. A lot of people preferred to, to work at home because you don't have to travel. You don't have to do things. Employers may look and say, you know what, we're not getting the production we need yeah. out of people working at home. When there's a lot of discontinuity, I think we do tend to look toward experts. How do we keep our family together? My kid might be a year behind in school. How do we catch that back up? I don't want to go back to the office. How can I make that work? Schools seem to me to be uh, somewhat oblivious at times to the needs of parents you know, for example, we got a thing around here where they're letting kids off like at noon on Wednesdays. Well, if you got two working parents, how does that work? Yeah. And I think as people feel less and less control over their lives, they are looking more and more to experts, yeah. whether the experts know what they're talking about or not. <laughs> That's an interesting trend. All right, let's move finally to giving. What giving trends are you seeing around the country and churches right now? It's, it, that's a little jagged. Overall, they say giving is up, you know, and, and we're not talking 10, 20 percent up, but, you know, maybe 5 percent up there. Okay. Around the country, it looks like giving is up. Uh, I, I think during the pandemic, one of the real phenomenons that happened is that giving held steady, even with churches that didn't have any worship service at all for weeks and weeks and weeks. <laughs> And Mike, I think what happened was, I think there is a collective societal intelligence. We, we always talk about the societal lunacy that we see in so many areas, but there's also a societal cultural intelligence. And one of those pieces is we all know that anything we don't support goes away. And I think when people were locked down with the pandemic, they began to ask themselves, what is it what is most important to us that when things do return to some kind of normal that is still there? So let's just take a, a restaurant. I've got a favorite local yeah. pizza restaurant. Mm -hmm. Love the people that own it. Mm -hmm. Love the pizza. And when I heard that everybody was shut down, one of the things I immediately thought of is I want to make sure that this restaurant is still open when everything happens. So I, I took two or three, four hundred dollars there and I bought gift cards. Yeah. And I bought them in $10 increments, gave them to everybody I knew. But I just wanted to invest in that. And I think people have kind of done, people during the pandemic did the same thing with the church. They said, hey, yeah. if we don't support this church, we're not going to have a church left. Yeah. And I do think there was an intuitive nature. And people said, okay, let's make sure this is well supported. Now that everything is back, mm -hmm. inflation is really, really high. The people who aren't affected by inflation, let's say baby boomers, they may not be affected, mm -hmm. but they're annoyed. But what they're affected by is the fact their IRAs are shrinking right now at a horrific rate because of what the stock market's doing. And I think when those things begin to play and all of a sudden we're more in a normal phase of life, uh, giving uh, is still good. It's still above average, but... I do think there's some factors that uh, are, are keeping it from the kind of levels maybe we saw. Do you think it's going to stay? 
do you think it's going to stay that 5% better than before? Do you think it's going to be pretty steady this giving? Well, Mike, a lot of people have argued the pandemic was a wormhole, mm-hmm. that it didn't change things so much as it accelerated things. Mm-hmm. So let's say you had a church that ran 100 and was in decline mm-hmm. before the pandemic. When the pandemic got through, let's say two years later, that church maybe had, had accelerated 10 years. So now it's the size it would have been mm-hmm. in 10 years. It, it, it accelerated things. So I think with, the, uh, with, with giving and with all of those kind of issues, I, I think there's been an acceleration mm-hmm. process. I think we've ended up somewhere much sooner okay. than we thought we were going to be, yeah. for better or for worse. Yeah. To, your, uh, to your point on this kind of societal intelligence of, of keeping something around, one of the things I think of, too, is that people understand that if a church goes away, if a business goes away, especially if it's a good church, if it's a good business, it doesn't necessarily mean that another good church is going to pop up. In fact, odds are that's not the case. Mm -hmm. And so I do think people, especially some a uh, a ministry that has effectiveness, consistency for a long time, a unique business, I think people value that. And anyone who's got a little bit of age on them says, whoa, we got a good thing going here. We have to lean into this or else uh, something's going to fill the place of that of that business or that uh, of that church, and it may not be good. Well, that's exactly right. And, and it, you know, there, there's an old adage out there that people don't get the schools and churches and, and communities they want. They get the schools, churches, and communities they deserve. And the reality is what we invest time, effort, and energy into uh, is, is, is what we get one way or the other. If you kind of take a look at America over the last 50 years, the way things have changed. I think the most vulnerable thing in America has been the middle class. You know, let's just take uh, a Main Street. Drive through any Midwestern Main Street. A hundred years ago, 50 years ago, there were uh, hardware stores and and shoe stores and men's stores and women's stores and and five and dime stores. Those are all kind of gone now. The the big boxes sort of drove them out of business. and, and yet you do have quite a few little micro businesses that, that still survive a lot of them online because they're nimble yeah, and they yeah. can make things work. I think in the church world, the, the churches that are really struggling right now, people would think it's the small churches. The small country churches are just fine. Mm. They're just fine. It's those middle churches. It's, it's the first church in that town I just described. Right. The mega churches are fine. Yeah. Their quality is great. They easily could go online. Their people connect with them from all over the world. They're fine. The huge is fine. The tiny is fine. It's the folks in the middle, the churches in the middle that are really going to have to fight for a future right now. Well, Shane, do you have anything left to share about what's trending right now in churches around the country? Well, there's one thing that we haven't talked about that I think is interesting, and it has to do with volunteers. Though church attendance is back up live, the volunteer levels, uh, according to the Unstuck report, are really uh, static. So what it's saying is more and more people are coming back, Mike, but the people who are coming back aren't volunteering. And one of the things I think about a lot is is we're, we're kind of, if we don't watch it, I think we'll pretty quickly move back to a consumer-driven church. And I, and I don't think that's a healthy model. 
how do we get volunteers involved in a church, Shane? Well, the rule is the more quickly you can get a new person to volunteer, the better off you are. So the longer someone sits in your church without volunteering, the less likely they are to ever volunteer. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with giving. It's the same with anything else, right? Mm -hmm. So I think one of the things we can do, if, if attendance is up 30%, I think approaching those folks as quickly as possible, identifying their gifts, identifying their interests, finding a place for them to volunteer, I, I think that's going to be really, really important. My big thought, though, Mike, is mm -hmm. we kind of dismount from this, is we can't assume anything. We can't assume anything. When I was a boy, the maps in my classrooms at school did not change. From the time I was a little boy until I got to high school, all the maps were frozen. The, the, those Rand McNally maps never changed. If you look at those maps now and compare them to when I was in school, Everything's changed. There's countries that didn't exist. Uh, the, the Soviet Union is, is broken up. The, the East Bloc is broken up. There are countries all over the world. Uh, everything has changed. It's, it's like the, the glaciers have melted and everything is, is, is in a flow. I think that is happening across our society. So I would really encourage church leaders, pay attention on a quarterly basis to what's happening. Be able to recognize trends, and as much as you can, get out in front of those trends. Anticipate what they are, and if, if you can do that well, you'll be more effective connecting people to Jesus than if you're constantly in a reaction mode and always surprised by the next thing. Well, thank you for joining us for Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. We would love for you to subscribe, share, and review our podcast. If you'd like to hear more from Shane or I, visit us at our websites, RevShaneBishop.com or RevMikeWu.com. We will talk with you next time. Make sure that you keep the change.